Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I don't know how old I am. I'm old enough, I guess. Uh, how are you? Uh, not, not great, honestly. Uh, I'm in a bad headspace, but uh, I'm trying to work through that. Uh, I'm currently taking steps in order to rectify uh, my bad headspace. That's rough, buddy. Um, anything I can do for you? <laughs> Well, my girlfriend didn't turn into the moon spirit. <laughs> but, uh, no, not really. I'm here if you need to talk. Uh, how are you? Uh, doing alright. I'm getting, uh, a lot of money tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have two paydays this week. Because it's, uh, it's a month where I get three paychecks and I get my bonus check tomorrow, so... Uh, your boy's rolling in it. I'm real proud of you, friend. Yeah, things are going well. Um, I don't know, I just wish I had more time to live my life with all the money that I'm making. That is the eternal problem. Uh, it's it's the yeah. one thing that video gamers always struggled with, was not having enough money for video games, then having enough money for video games, but not having enough time to play the video games. See, now I have enough money to buy all of the magic cards and no friends to play magic with. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I work way less uh, than I used to uh, because of being able to work at home. And by work at home, I mean, like, do some work and also watch some movies and play some video games. But other than that, like, yeah, life's fine. Well, proud of you, bud. Um, what else? What else happened this week? Um. I think I only have one more upgrade to go on my Animal Crossing house. Really excited about that. Oh, there you go. Let's see, what what's my video? Oh, I, I finally hit light level 1050 in Destiny, uh, which is the soft cap, and the hard cap is 1060, which you, you can only get through certain types of gear. So now it's going to be grinding until the end of the season, till I get 1060, and then uh, all of a sudden... Uh, the like the light cap is gonna go up again because fuck my life. That's how this works. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to follow the seasons in. I think it was like Diablo three. I actually tried to participate in the seasons like for like a week and a half, mm-hmm. and then I was just like, well, there's no point, and quit playing that game. And then, uh, and then Blizzard was like, "A herpader, fuck everybody." I guess. I Don't you have phones? Did, but but it, every it wasn't that. It was uh, something else happened that like people were canceling their Blizzard accounts and shit. I don't know. Why did they cancel uh, a, a Netflix show? Is is that what happened? Probably, but I don't know. Imagine if fucking people got mad about important things. But Caleb, that requires too much effort, and it's easier to be mad about stupid things than it is to be about important things. Yeah, we're uh, we're well trained to not step outside of our boundaries. This is like depression. The show. Uh, why don't we hop right into what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. And I will defer to you, good friend. Well, due to the mental state that I'm in and the fact that I've had half a bag of chips all day, uh, I'm drinking water. Because I don't... Water's good for you. I don't I don't like to drink when I'm depressed, so... Yeah. I, um... No, I get you there. Um, and you know what? Sometimes people, uh, 
aren't in the mood to consume alcohol or never want to consume alcohol for reasons that are none of your business. So don't ask about it. Yeah. I'm trying to drink more water. I drink a fuckload of water, but I'm trying to drink more water. Because there's a there is a Coke machine at work and it's way too easy to just uh, walk five feet to it and give it a dollar and twenty five cents. Then as opposed to like walking up a set of stairs to where the water cooler is at. Yeah, we um back at our old office before we moved, we had a fridge full of uh, soft drinks. And I was like, well, this is just. I can't pass this up, despite the fact that, like, there's water, there was a water machine, maybe, like, ten more steps away from that, maybe less, and I was like, nah, I just want these. So, uh, now now we're back to having no uh, pop whatsoever, and I'm like, this is great, this is great, I'm back to water. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I am drinking a Bocker, uh German-style lager, which is imported from Belgium. Uh, who Who imported it? Some French country? Eh, probably. I don't know. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme imported it uh, in on his giant muscles. Uh, he swam across the Atlantic Ocean with it. And then um, and he carried it on the back of Tongpo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's, um... Like a lot of German beers, like, it, it's kind of, uh... I don't know. Kind of bitter? Like, I don't know. Hmm. It's got some hops to it, but it's not like super dark or heavy, so I don't know. Yeah, there. I remember at Hopper House, like their beers were typically always amber, and they still had they were still quite hoppy. It was a, a weird brewing process they went through in yeah. order to get that. Because normally when you get like that kind of hop forwardness, it's very dark. It's very uh, opaque. Yeah, and it's actually uh, is is fairly clear, like. And it's in a green glass bottle, and I like that, so. Looks like Heineken. Kind of. All right, well, uh, with all that stuff out of the way, why don't we talk about some news that happened this week? Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, this is tangentially related to Netflix. I just kind of thought it was interesting. Uh, Hamilton released on Disney+, Plus, uh, and it caused... Downloads of the app to jump by 72%. Uh, streaming service puts out content that people actually want to watch more at 11. Like, yeah. Um, I, I sometimes forget that like there's that many people who care about things. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. I see like the same 10 people pretty much in my day-to-day life. And like, I don't know. It's sometimes hard to step outside of that and like see that your life is more than the little circle that you draw around yourself. Ah, fuck that. I like my little circle. It's all I need. It's why I- <laughs> this is my safe space where nobody can get me. Yeah, I don't I don't fucking follow anybody on Twitter. Uh as any as you guys will notice, uh that's why our follower count doesn't increase because I don't do the follow for follow <laughs> bullshit cuz I think it's like I said, I think it's bullshit. If you're if you're worth a follow, I'll follow you. Regardless, uh let's talk about Hamilton. It's People have been clamoring for months, like, Disney needs to put something on Disney+, Plus because, like, you can get away with having Anything nothing. at all. Yeah. You can get away with having, like, nostalgia content on there for two, three months, but then after that, it's like, well, what, what else do you have? And they haven't put out anything that anyone cares about since The Mandalorian, so this is it. So, uh, apparently, the formula is every seven months, they will put out something you care about, and hopefully, yeah. you forget you have a Disney Plus subscription, so you can just keep, they can just keep charging you. They'll put out something, it'll become a headline, and then, you know, people will be like, oh, remember, I remember Disney Plus. He was uh, my friend in high school. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like, uh, of course, there are also those people that pre-ordered three years of Disney Plus, and I I just looked at that and just went, what? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, you... That was a thing that you could do? Oh, yeah. There were many people who did this. That's uh, fucking stupid. I agree. And we know them. We know some of these people. And I I, I look at that decision and I'm why, like... Why I, would you do that, Bill? Uh, it wasn't Bill. But it, it was a far cheaper <laughs> price. Like, it was, I think, like, you got... You basically bought two years and got a third free. Was the general but, I gist mean, of the deal. That's... 
that's how they get your money, though. Because, like, I guarantee it auto-renews, assuming that, you, like, your payment information doesn't radically change. But, like, after three years, you're not going to remember you have the thing. Yeah, un- unless you're actually using it all the time. And uh, with their content cycle of uh, every seven months, uh, you're going to forget <laughs> for sure. It's so strange. Like, all that really was was, like, a glorified crowdfunding campaign for Disney+. Plus. Just, like, mm-hmm. show proof of concept. Like, hey, we're going to pay for years of subscriptions in order to show that we want this thing. And now you got that thing, and it only did so many things before you were like, wow, this kind of sucks. Like, uh, of course, app downloads went back up because something something that people have been clamoring for uh, that they don't have to pay uh, hundreds of dollars to watch at a specific time on Broadway uh, it came to a streaming service. Like, this would have done anything for any streaming service. I guarantee Prime, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, any of them would have loved to have this. It's It just so happens that Disney, not having anything to put on their streaming service, went, here's some money. Here's a nice piece of shit. Yeah. Although, apparently, this was supposed to hit theaters, and I don't know how that would have done in theaters, honestly. Because, uh, well, it's just a a live recording of the Broadway production, right? Or did they produce it, like, as... Um, like, did they specifically perform it to be recorded for release in cinema slash home video? Yes and no. So what they did, they apparently re- recorded it three times. Twice in front of a, a live studio ostrich, and then uh, one... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then one time with no audience whatsoever, so that way they can get the cameras on stage, and that's where you would get like the close-up shots or anything like that. So you got you still got your reactions from the audience, but you also got like the more cinematic cinematic stuff. I don't know. I I saw bits and pieces of it. Uh, I didn't really pay too much attention because uh, similar to Breaking Bad, this thing has too much hype behind it, and I can't I can't deal with that kind of shit. So I'm going to wait for this to all blow over before I even attempt yeah. to watch it. Let's go to the Winchester, have a pint, and wait for this whole thing to blow over. Um, I still haven't watched it. I, uh, I, I plan to watch it because I'm actually uh, a pretty big fan of Lin Manuel Miranda. But um, I mean, I don't. I'm the same way. Like people talked about it so much that I don't really care if it's good or not. Right. Also, it's two hours and forty minutes. It's long. It's long. I mean, it it is a stage production. Yes, you're not wrong there, and and that's. Uh, but like, I think there's a difference between sitting in, sitting on your couch for two hours and forty minutes versus going to some place for two hours and forty minutes. Like you you're expecting something spectacular when you do that, and at home you're probably just like playing on your phone half the time anyway. Correct. All right. Uh, our next story is that Dead to Me has been renewed for a third and final season. Uh, yeah, the three season curse. It's real. Uh, sure, sort of. My problem with the three season curse here is that I thought this was uh, good enough to be a one season show. Like this yes. didn't need three seasons at all. We're getting it, and that's fine because like it's well written. Like, why the fuck do they keep stretching out? Uh, Thirteen reasons why. Yeah, like that got stretched out to four seasons. I didn't really want one season of that show. And then when the second season came out, I was very confused. But then it just kept going. Yeah. All the way up to four seasons. I mean, they're going to... Yeah. They're going to have 52 reasons. Oh, Caleb, season four already came out. Oh. Came out like in June. I think. I don't remember. I didn't pay too much attention because it's 13 reasons why. And I, I have uh, a million reasons why I don't want to watch that show. Uh, speaking of things canceled after four seasons, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is dead. Hooray. Finally. Uh, that show went completely off the fucking rails. Yeah. It's another one I didn't like from the beginning, but like... Then it got real fucking weird. 
Well, it just it started out dark, and you're like, okay, dark, good. And then well, it's it like, went yeah, to we're going to be drama. super evil, and like Sabrina doesn't care about human sacrifice and stuff. And then like second season starts, and it's like, well, Sabrina's just going to not obey the devil for no reason. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, this I was already not with this show in the first place. Uh, I'm I know people are being like, oh, I can't believe they're like they're they're quitting after this. Like Netflix is can't like, dude, come on, just kill and it. Like why? Why did they start having random musical numbers in it? See, that's the thing. I didn't watch season two at all. I I just removed it from my list entirely after season one. I'm like, nope, not for me. It's I don't know. It just became. Riverdale too, too many Riverdales. And I'm sure that's part of it actually, is that uh with the CW shows moving to HBO Max, they don't want to promote a competitor, uh similar to how like all the Marvel shows got canceled. So eh, I, I, I there might be something to that, but who who knows? Because Netflix never says why they cancel things. Yeah. All right, and that'll bring us to uh, our final news story, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So, uh, The Crown was originally uh, slated for six seasons. Uh, going to be two seasons of a different actress as uh, a, the queen during different stages of her life. Uh, back on January 31st, uh, Peter Morgan stated that, uh, well, after thinking about it, we're only going to do five seasons of The Crown. Well... Uh, six months later, uh, as he's had more time to work on the show, he realized that they, in fact, do need six seasons. So it's back to being a six-season show, because <laughs> why? Well, actually, I'll, I'll say why. He says, uh, quote, uh, to do justice to the richness and complexion, or the complexity of the original story. It's like, dude, like... I get you wanting to plan out shit, but don't say like, "Oh, well, we like uh, I plan. I'm planning shit, and oh, I want to do five seasons, and I plan shit more because of COVID, and now we're gonna do six seasons." Like, fuck off! Just shut up. Make the show. Season four isn't even out yet. What are you doing? There are sometimes creatives do not deserve anything they're getting, and I think that this is what Peter Morgan deserves. It's fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. Strong words from a strong man. So, uh, I haven't even watched season th- uh, season three of The Crown, so uh, I would like to get to it at some point, but knowing me, I probably won't. But uh, I, I I don't get it. Just just shut the fuck up and wait for wait for your show to develop before you say anything about how many seasons you just want it to be. Shut the fuck up and let me do my job. Uh, now, th- now that my rant is over, it's time to talk about some trailers uh, that will surely cause more rants in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, our first trailer is for a movie that looks fucking terrible, which is the sequel to a movie that I thought looked fucking terrible and didn't watch. It's The Kissing Booth 2. Too many kissing booths. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that the girl didn't find her true love in her junior year of high school in the first movie. Uh, and now that her boyfriend's in college, uh, the relationship has become more complex and there's a new sexy boy in school. The yeah. Kissing Booth too. Watch it as soon as possible whenever it comes out. Uh, fuck this movie. I said fuck this movie to the first one. I'm saying fuck this movie to this movie too. This looks... I mean, this is Netflix's bread and butter. They got the, the the romantic comedy teen movie genre down pat. And this is a movie that was for some reason popular. So, of course, they made a sequel to it. <sighs> teen Girl Squad. Ridiculous. Endless trash. <laughs> Fuck you. It's forever. <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of fuck you, it's forever. Uh, our next trailer is Transformers War for Cybertron, the series, the trilogy, because it's, I, I don't know. How many times do we need this story of the Transformers fighting over fucking Cybertron? Yeah, I feel like we've seen the end of the saga in like, like eight different forms. Like, I don't know. I can't wait to watch Optimus Prime sacrifice himself to save the Autobots again. 
see, here's the only thing I want from this. I want Orson Welles to them to rescue the Orson Welles audio of him voicing Unicron, just so I can uh, throw it at Nick. Like I can like strap Nick down to like that table from the uh, Clockwork Orange and just force him to watch Orson Welles as on, uh, uh, as Unicron uh, again. Because fuck you, Nick. Ah, the Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really good uh it looks fine uh my, my nitpick again is that they call this an anime series meanwhile this was done by uh rooster teeth a, an american company it's, in austin yeah and it's fucking cg it's not anime i, I do no. like the style for it though the style i like i think it's kind of neat but regardless not anime american company don't fucking start this with shit with me so now that we got those two things out of the way, we'll go into uh, the exploitation uh, part of Downstream, where we talk about shows that exploit uh, cultures for profit. Our first trailer is for Street Food Latin America. Uh, this is where they walk around and buy street food and talk about the people who eat it. Yeah, and the people who make so it's it. A- travel show a cooking show and a human interest show uh it looks fine yeah it looks fine i mean yeah yeah uh it's apparently from the people who brought you chef's table so if you like that chef's table show uh you might like this show all right uh our next trailer exploits the feelings and emotional uh coming of age stories of uh Young Asian American women. It's called it's called the Claudia Kishi Club, uh, because the main character of the Babysitters Club's uh, Japanese American, and everybody wanted to be like her. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because the Babysitters Club came to Netflix, I think, last week or something like that, or like this week, and uh, we didn't care because we're not twelve-year-old uh, girls, but. Because uh, I'm a uh, big man, and yeah, I I go PP standing up. <laughs> I'm sure there were some women who go PP standing up too. <laughs> oh God! Now I'm thinking of that scene in Step Brothers. Oh God! Uh, this it's a documentary short. It's apparently 17 minutes long. Uh, it's not gonna hurt. I don't think it hurts anything. All it is is just like a celebration of a character for yeah. being the cool one. Uh, while being Asian, as opposed to her, like, Asian women, like, hey, we want to be the Babysitter's Club, and everyone wanted to be like, oh, I'm Claudia, and I'm Claudia, as opposed to being like, well, you're Asian, so you're Claudia. So, I guess that's the whole message behind it. Yeah. Next, we're going to uh, exploit autistic people uh, with the new dating reality show, Love on the Spectrum. Uh, we're going to make autistic people experience situations they're not comfortable with and film the results. Yep, 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 yep. That's pretty much it. It's uh, a regular old dating show, but with uh, people on the spectrum. That's it. All right. And the final thing that we're going to exploit is uh, Indian in, Indian people and their custom of arranged marriages. Uh, in Indian matchmaking... Yeah, we got a taste of this with uh, Never Have I Ever, uh, seeing, you know, let's force people into marriages because that's our culture, uh, and this is just kind of like televising it for all of us because we need more dating shows. Yeah, and we want to pretend that we understand other people's cultures while being white. Sure do. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now that we've talked about all of that, uh, let's forget that those exist and go to quick hits. All right, what'd you watch, friend? All right. Uh, speaking of exploitative, I watched The Karate Kid because I saw that it was on Netflix and we talked about it a week or two ago. And, uh, it holds up. It's not a bad flick. Okay. Um, I don't know. I grew up with it. I like it. It's fine. Um, I know everybody always shits on the sequels, but I actually like the second one a great deal. But, uh, I don't know. Elizabeth Shue, uh, 
is in it. She uh, was also in uh, Hamlet 2, which I think I've talked about on the show before, uh, which is a fucking weird movie and everybody should find it and watch it. Elizabeth, she was fine. Ralph Macchio was fine. Uh, I miss Pat Morita. He was great. We all miss Pat Morita. Yeah. Uh, I think that John Kreese, the uh, Cobra Kai dojo leader, is uh, probably, like, the best movie villain. Like, that's my hot take of the week. That, that is a hot take. Um, like, he's just so insidious and, like, so irredeemable. And, like, he corrupts these young children into doing his bidding for him. So, uh, he's just a very, a very, uh, awful and insidious character. And, uh, yeah, I I like it. He's a good villain. It's a fine movie. It's fine. Uh, I like the soundtrack. It's a blast from the past. I'm done talking about it. Uh, I watched Crazy Delicious. Because I knew I would have to. Uh, it's a cooking show. They're in a Willy Wonka land full of cooking ingredients that they go oh, and this is that pick show. up off the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's that thing. And uh, the judges, they call them gods, and they dress in like these Greek robes. And like they have to climb a hill with their dish and present it to the gods. It's strange. Your wife likes the worst stuff. <sighs> That's why she married me. Um, we also <laughs> wanted to watch a spooky movie, so she picked out one called Winchester. Yikes. Uh, it's about the, the Winchester Manor. It's a weird house. This was like the the woman who like inherited the Winchester Arms Company like back in the 1800s. She built a weird house, uh, and nobody knew why her house was so weird and why she... Uh, had like constant construction going on there for like 20 years. Uh, so the solution that this movie presents is that she's a spirit medium and all of the ghosts that, uh, were killed by Winchester rifles come and haunt her at night. Uh, so she tries to get them to pass on to the next plane of existence. Uh, this movie's terrible. (laughs) Yes, yes it is. That's all I've ever heard is anyone talk about this movie is it's awful. Yeah, and I don't know. Fuck it. Leave her alone. Like leave Sarah Winchester alone. Like she was just a sad old lady. All of her family died and she just wanted to pay the construction guys to be there cuz she was rich and she needed people to be around. Like just let her be. Don't like don't fucking make movies about her weird house. Sure. That's it. All right. Well, uh, for my week, I watched one of the last Disney movies still on Netflix, Miracle, because it's been a while. Uh, movie is still great. Uh, the hockey is shot like fucking garbage still uh, because no hockey movie has ever shot hockey movie well uh, or hockey at, well at all ever. Uh, all hockey is shot like fucking trash when it is made for a movie. You cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, but Kurt Russell is great. The, uh, the only other person of note is fucking Patricia Clarkson and Noah Emmerich, uh, who I think is Nolan's son or Roland's son. I don't know for sure, but he plays uh, General Graviston in fucking Space Force. I'm like, oh, look, it's General Graviston. He's he's Craig Patrick, uh, who in uh, the lineage and history of this movie will eventually become general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, for their uh, 1991 and 1992 Cup wins, and then the 1993 collapse against the New York Islanders, I'm not bitter about that at all. Uh, it's a great, it's a great movie. Everybody, watch fucking Miracle before it goes away from Netflix. Or if it's uh, not on Netflix in your country, it's probably on Disney Plus. Uh, then, because I was in a Paul Verhoeven mood, I watched fucking Total Recall. Uh, it's about Arnold Hooray. Schwarzenegger, who has total recall of a, a thing. Or does he? Is it all in his head? Who knows? What uh, is real most, and what is recall? Uh, I think that's the most interesting part of the movie, is that it doesn't fucking matter, uh, a la yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, so this is uh, based on a Philip K. Dick story, uh, as most good sci-fi things are. Yes. Um, yes. Th- there was a... Uh, 
in like the 2010s, like early 2010s, I think, uh, they made a remake of this movie. 2012. Starring, 2012. Uh, they made a remake starring Colin Farrell. Uh, I thought it was fine. Like it's, it was before I really like got into movies and critiquing movies, but like I felt that it was fine at the time. Uh, it's sure. much closer to the original short story that it was based on. Uh, but people hated it cause it wasn't on Mars, but the original story wasn't on Mars, but people also hated it because it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And also because Colin Farrell isn't a very good actor. Correct. That is actually 100% the, the problem. Uh, but like, I like this movie a lot. Uh, there's some good blend of practical effects. Like, uh, the, the fucking heads they, they put on like, Oh uh, yeah. When, whenever the, um, Whenever they're outside on Mars with no atmosphere and they're like fucking gasping for air, it's they're horrifying <laughs> looking. But like it makes sense. Like oh, that's I, I figure that's what someone's face would look like, assuming they were having all the oxygen sucked out of their body, basically. But the real the question is, do you um, wish that you had three hands? No, I don't care. Benny had a uh, Benny had uh, a thing. He could have he could have grabbed her boob. Because he had the, 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 the mutant arm, and that had two things on it, so he had three things. He was fine. He could have done that. So he, he shouldn't have been like, hey, I wish I had three hands. Quaid. Hey, Quaid. Quaid, man. It's Benny. I haven't seen Total Recall in probably like 10 years. I should go watch it. Yeah. It, uh, obviously still on Netflix, but yeah, that's how Benny talks. Is he... he Hey, Quaid! I got five <laughs> kids to feed! It sounds like you're trying to do Ruby Rod from fucking uh, Fifth I, Element. Oh, I'm not. You'll you'll listen to this, and you'll go listen to Benny clips, and you'll be like, eh, it's pretty close. It's not the best, but it's it's close. Who Who is the best movie character of all time, and why is it Ruby Rod? Uh, it's Ruby Rod, because Ru- Chris Tucker is fucking annoying. <laughs> Uh, he has really weird hair. Yeah, he has that, that that blonde pompadour. It's really it's really strange. It's like a tube up front. I, I like Total Recall uh, a lot. Uh, it's uh, it, it, there are some cheesy bits. Uh, there's especially uh, there's a, a miniature train uh, that they have going through, and that's the other thing is like it's a lot of miniatures too, uh, which uh, I like. I like practical stuff, but uh, they superimpose a picture through a window on on the train, and it's like, oh, that looks fucking terrible. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it looks terrible, but it was also made in like 1991, and it probably wasn't meant to be, you know, shown in fucking 4K. So like, I, I give it a pass. Like, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's like uh. Whenever I watch the the Blu-ray of Batman 89, like, I don't know, like, now it's just kind of charming, because, like, you can see the wires and everything. Oh, yeah. Because that movie was never meant to be seen in high definition, but, like, I don't know, it's, like, it doesn't take anything away from it. It's just like, oh, it's, a, you know, a peek behind the curtain to see how yeah. they made the film. Yeah, and you can tell whenever they're using, like, the matte paintings. Uh, with the yeah. background like you There's can always tell great matte painting work in batman 89 yeah it sure is like i fucking love the axis chemical set also yeah it's uh it's an unfortunate side effect of that like time before cgi where everyone felt like they had to use cgi for everything and uh you know tried to make sets or, or like establishing shots without like creating uh, miniature scapes or uh, CGIing everything. They would just do paintings, and it's a bit unfortunate now because, like, you can clearly tell, and the the lighting isn't quite right, and all that stuff. But it's fine, you know. It, it it was a quirk that they tried to use, and it works for some movies and doesn't work for others. I'd rather they try that inventive thing than uh, CGI garbage. Yeah, that's going to age way worse. It's like uh, 8-bit in video games. 8-bit in video games ages very well, uh, but then you get to actual polygonal stuff from, like, the PlayStation 1, and it looks like fucking trash. Hmm. Uh, and then the final thing I watched was The Siege of Jadotville. 
Uh, it's nice. been like three years since I've seen this movie, and I remember being super blown away. Uh, I was Holds less up. blown away this time. Oh, no. But it's still a good movie. Uh, I still recommend you watch this movie, but uh, I wouldn't say it's great like I, thought, like I originally thought it was. It's just simply good. Uh, I don't know. Um, Jamie Dornan is the main character. Uh, I never knew that before until I actually looked at who, who the cast and crew were. Uh, he's actually not the worst. Like, he's a, a serviceable main character, but no one really goes through any, like, character development. I mean, it's 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 based on a true story, so, like, there's no character development. It's just, like, here are, here are the events as told as history had them dictated. And it's interesting from that kind of perspective. Uh, also to see, like, this massive mercenary force just, show like, show up and be like, yo, we got uh, 150 Irish guys who have never seen combat trying to fight mercenaries. Uh, it's 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 compelling from that kind of an aspect, but uh, Mark Strong probably gives the most varied performance, mainly because like he is outside of the mercenaries, the most antagonistic part of the movie because he's just a guy who thinks he knows what he's talking about, but in reality he has no idea what he's talking about, and he's the one giving orders. So you're just like, well, fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> So yeah, uh, if you haven't seen The Siege of Jadotville, I do recommend it. It is a, it is a good movie. All right. Well, uh, why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic of the week, The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about our main review topic for the week, The Old Guard. The Old Guard is a brand new action fantasy film, uh, which is rated R. Uh, A covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered. Uh, This is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, stars uh, Charlize Theron and Kiki Lane. And uh, is a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, what did you think of The Old Guard? All right, so let's get this out of the way. Uh, Netflix has been all over the fact that uh, Gina Prince Bythewood is the first uh, black female to ever direct a comic book adaptation. Uh, so that's nice for her. Uh, I, I'm glad that she could wind up in the annals of uh, mediocre comic book adaptations because this movie is extraordinarily mediocre. This movie's very good at one thing, and that's uh, it's it's very diverse. Um, other than that, like I, it's boring and not good, and I didn't really care about it. Um, yeah. A month from now, I'll forget having watched this movie. I watched it yesterday. I forgot I watched it. So, uh, I, I don't know. Um, there's, there's really not much to talk about. Like I was kind of into the first 15 minutes of the movie. Like, uh, they, they're setting up all these characters and like, ah, okay. We're going to get like a, a good character piece with some action bits. Uh, and, and it's, but it's mostly yeah. going to be like a character piece. Uh, and then it was just like, nah, fuck it. We're just going to be an action movie. And then we're just going to do stupid action movie things. I'm like, okay, fine. Fine, that's whatever. I, just, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't even like action packed enough. I I wish it would have been more. Um, I don't know. So the plot rev- revolves around this team of four Highlander Wolverines that uh, can come back to life every time they get killed, and they find out that there's another Highlander Wolverine uh, who is a Marine who gets her throat sliced, 
and then wakes up and it's like, hey, why am I not dead? And nobody will talk to her. Um, for some reason, they're psychically linked and they have dreams about each other. Yeah, that's uh, not explained ever. Not explained at all. Um, and then they get a bunch of them get kidnapped by a pharmaceutical company. Uh, Big Pharma is the enemy because um, they want to try to unlock the secrets to immortality. Yeah, uh, it's very Martin Shrelke, which uh, yeah. they, they just got a British guy uh, who uh, everyone remember is maybe the best part of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I was trying to remember what I knew him from. Yeah, he was a guy with no arms and legs that Liam yeah. Neeson carried around the whole time. Uh, he's also Dudley Dursley. From the Harry Potter series, which <laughs> he is what what a fucking transformation. Uh, but regardless, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, ultimately, there there isn't a lot of action in this movie. Uh, when there is, they're they're trying to do like this super stylized action, and I was just kind of hoping for like one one shot sequences, but uh, I guess no one trained hard enough to do it, and no one had the patience to film it, so they just went, eh, fuck it. No one-shot sequences. We're just gonna do like some. They're they're longer takes, but they're like they still cut a bit more often than I would like. She would tell Edgyafors in this movie, uh, and I would say he's not in it enough. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed his character. Like his part was fine. I don't. He didn't really have a lot to do other no. than be a bad guy and then be a good guy because he felt bad about being a bad guy. Yeah, uh, we won't get into spoilers yet. There, there's a couple spoilery things to talk about, but uh, I will say the villains are basically given like a surface level. Here's why I want to do things, and then like it's never expanded upon. Like the the whole genesis behind Chiwetel Ejiofor being like, I want to, I want these guys to unlock the secret to immortality, is because his wife had ALS, and therefore he doesn't want anyone else to suffer like that. So it's like, okay, fine. Uh, maybe talk about that more? Uh, like, that's all this movie is, is like, oh, you've introduced an interesting point. Maybe talk about that more? And then they're just like, nah, we got other stuff to talk about. Yeah, we've got we've got more bland action to get to. But it, and it's just a series of oh we want to talk about this thing, okay cool talk about that more yeah that's interesting like uh, we have a homosexual couple that's been together since like the 1100s yeah. and that's interesting talk about that and then they like profess their love to each other after being captured and then like all the soldiers are like oh man we gotta hit these gay homos because they're kissing and we're we're tough manly men. Yeah. And we got to, you know, pull them apart and hit them. What is he, your boyfriend? And then, like, they all kind yeah. of stare at each other like, oh, it's fuck, like, we're not woke. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, like, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> like, uh, this movie's just like, like the, that part felt, like, really out of place. So it's just like, uh, uh So we're just trying to score woke points here. Like, uh, it's fine. Like, I had no problem with them being gay characters. But then, like, having that whole thing where it's like, uh, boyfriend. It's like, what the fuck? Fuck off. Yeah, like, you remember how the police and the military, uh, hate people who are different and, you know, authoritarianism. Uh, the script is dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I think one of my least favorite things about the movie is like every song that they picked in it because none oh of the music God. matches the tone of the scene. Uh, I, I have written down soundtrack instead of score is beyond lazy. Yeah. Well, like also the soundtrack doesn't fit like anything yeah. that they're doing. Like it's uh, like the new immortal Highlander Wolverine vampire person. Uh, is going up to fight the bad science man. Um, and like, instead of playing like an up-tempo, like EDM song or something that would pump you up, right. it's playing a, something that you would expect to play during like, I don't know, like a coming of age lesbian scene in a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's very slow, very depressive. And you're like, wh Why? This is supposed to be like the big exciting action swell. Like she, she's finally coming to terms with who she is, 
and then uh you know you know going to rescue the other Highlander Wolverines. Like that's it's supposed to be a big moment of triumph. And instead I'm like, eh, well this is relatively melancholy for exactly no reason. Yeah. I feel like uh I don't know, maybe like maybe they just already had the rights to some music and they're like, oh fuck it, and let's just use this. Oh fuck it, just throw it in somewhere. Who gives a shit? And it's like just just get a score. Like there's very few movies where a soundtrack actually works to it. Like the original Guardians of the Galaxy works to have a soundtrack as opposed to an actual score, but they do still have score beats. Uh and that's the only one I can think of right now. Maybe Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but of course those were all original songs produced for the movie. So it's different there. Yeah. Beck wrote a lot of them. Yeah. I can't think of a single instance where score is any worse than a soundtrack ever is, uh, except when we're doing a, a Rocky montage, in, when, in which case I, the tiger, should always be playing. <laughs> it's true. There is one spoiler I want to talk about uh, because it legitimately, well, th- there's two spoilers I want to talk about because they uh, one legitimately surprised me and the, the other went, oh, that's, that's kind of obvious. So uh, let's cut into spoilers here. Caleb, is there any final thoughts you want to say before we talk about uh the two spoilery things i'd like to talk about no that's fine Thank let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends okay i could describe it um imagine you're in a room no no, like- no no i don't want to know how it ends i haven't seen the beginning uh, yeah but the ending is awesome so if i can just play bitch, the- this is what you always do you always spoil stuff uh, for me. no i don't and if i could just play the ending for you real quick then we'll discuss that motherfucker you always spoil everything before i get a chance okay to see you it. sound like a crazy person right now uh, the big pharmaceutical gets uh, one of the people to turn against them, uh, against the others, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't see that coming, mainly because it was never hinted at at, at all in the script. It, it just felt like it was kind of a, a a random turn that they were going to do for no reason to build tension. Yeah, I don't... Man, I don't know. Um, It kind of... I don't know. It was kind of both, like, totally obvious and, like sort of interesting that that was going to happen. I don't, it's hard to describe. Sure. Like, like I, I get it. I guess that's interesting, but like it, it kind of also like, of course that happened. Yeah. It, and this goes back to lack of any character depth because like we see that quick scene of him being like, I sat uh, at my son's deathbed and like, uh, that that really fucked me up, and it's like, okay, cool, go into that, and it never did. And then it was like, well, this is this is my implied reason because they never explicitly state why state why he does why he turns on them, but it's you're supposed to get it from before in the movie, and it's like, well, there was like a real quick scene that you decided to do something else with almost immediately after he finished saying his story. Like, come on. Like it, right. it's it's overstuffed and not developed enough. Like if you just cut out a couple things and made like made it like about like Charlize Theron uh, and him, and then like you know you you have like the little bits of character moments for the other ones, but like you you focus on like her travels through time and, and never being able to die, and then like the fact that his family. Uh, aged like he he was an immortal and then tried to still do have a family, but then his family aged around him and then they suffered and died because they thought that he wouldn't give up his ability to do that in order to save them. Those are interesting concepts. Use those as opposed to just glossing over them, and to get us to this garbage can story that no one cares about. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, the the final thing is the end credit seat is Stinger, where uh, the the woman they say is like, oh, she's totally dead the whole time. Uh, shows up at the end of the movie and she's like, yo, you're you're this person, and he's like, just standing there, and that's it. That's the that's the yeah. end of the movie. Uh, Sequel maybe. Uh, it's number one on Netflix right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they did like, here's the numbers after one week on Netflix and here's our projected Uh numbers. Uh, this will most likely get a sequel because there's nothing else to watch right now. Um, I don't know the whole time through the movie. I was like, well, like, obviously they've been building up the whole time. Like Charlize Theron's going to sacrifice herself to save the team and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she doesn't. 
And it's like, well, yeah, I, I see that you're trying to subvert my expectations, but it also just kind of feels like you're like you're treating me like an idiot because you spent two hours of my time that I could have been doing something else, like telling me that that's what's going to happen. And then you zag on me in the last second. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So this whole movie was a letdown. Like, I didn't even want to see it in the first place. Right. Because the trailer I, didn't look good. <laughs> sure. I, I was I was tenuous going into it. And after the first, like, 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, this could be something good. And then just started to suck after that. Uh, not suck. It, it started to drag into mediocrity after that. Uh, I, I was hoping yeah. that they would explain her fucking axe at one point and why she still carries around this uh, cool, rather cool-looking axe. They never explained that. Well, it, she used an axe so that whenever she saw a fireman axe on the wall in a later scene, she could grab it and murk a bunch of dudes. I get, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, this movie has no depth to it, and I think that's his ultimate problem because, like, these characters have lived such long lives, and there's something interesting to say about it. And when it doesn't say it, you feel unfulfilled. And that's how I felt coming out of it is completely unfulfilled. Yeah. So with that, let's talk about some ratings. What would you give The Old Guard? Uh, two out of five. Damn, son. Yeah, uh, I originally started at a three, but now that we've talked about it, I'm going to a two and a half. It's uh, extraordinarily mediocre. All right. Well, I'm uh, glad I didn't have to fucking argue with you about it not being good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think of it, the more we talked about it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's just too much wrong with it to for it to be any good. Don't worry, I was never gonna come in at three and a half. That was never gonna happen. After that first ten minutes, though, maybe, but not after that. So uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back from that, we're going to talk about uh, another actiony kind of movie in Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers. friends and potential lovers have you ever felt so passionately after watching a tv show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts kt and ot each episode we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with like subs versus dubs. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a patron requested review for Starship Troopers. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Yeah, Starship Troopers is a 1997 adventure action sci-fi movie. Uh, humans in a fascist militaristic future wage war with giant alien bugs. This is directed by Paul Verhoeven, uh, who you may know from Robocop. Uh, he likes fascist militaristic futures. Uh, yep. Written by Edward Neumeyer and based on a book by Robert A. Heinlein. Uh, stars Casper Van Dien, Denise Richards, Dina Meyer... Fucking Jake Busey, Neil Patrick Harris, Clancy Brown, fucking Michael Ironside. Yep. Great cast. Great fucking cast. Yeah, a couple of uh people uh, holdovers from Total Recall, actually, and My- Michael Ironside and uh guy who plays Sean's dad in Psych. Eh, okay. What did you think of this movie? Have you seen it before? No, uh, so parts of it. I, I've seen the training accident, uh, and I've seen the uh, kids stomping on the bugs, the cockroaches. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Everyone's doing their part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. 
Um, so I, I think that some of the satirical elements went over my head a bit. Uh, obviously, like the cutaways to like the news broadcasts and like how, yes. how their internet service works is all satirical. I this is such a great satire of fucking like pro military propaganda. It's great. Uh, go on though. Uh, and, and I felt like though, like there, there's supposed to be some satirical stuff within the actual military stuff, but like I never, mm-hmm. if if there was, it went over my head because I was just too engrossed in the story. So I feel like that hurt the viewing for me a little bit because I was expecting a lot more satire than I got. Yeah, uh, at a certain point, they just kind of like, all right, uh, let's just get out, get away from that, and lean into the action nonsense of it all. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's like, it's also uh, like this movie rewards rewatching. Uh, like this is also kind of a story about loss, like, uh, loss of innocence, loss of, uh, one's home and family and like realizing mm-hmm. you can never go home again. I don't know. Like thinking your life's going to turn out one way and, you know, fate dealing you something completely different, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also a bunch of like schlocky action nonsense, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, this is around the time where Verhoeven himself dist- started to discover CGI, uh, and this—that's where we get like the bugs mainly, uh, and the starships themselves are, are mainly mm-hmm. CGI. There's some miniatures in there too, but uh, for the most part, it's this is where we start getting into the part where people understood how computers worked, so they could uh, do. Uh, more ambitious stuff without having to rely on models and such. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting, uh, personal connection to this movie. My, uh, my father, my, my genetic father, um, went to high school with a guy who worked in the effects department on this film. Oh, okay. Like my dad who worked with somebody who worked in the electrical department on Spider-Man too. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of a flop. Uh, this was on an estimated $105 million budget to make this fucking weird movie. Uh, right. And its opening weekend gross in the U.S. was like $22 million. Oh, yikes. Uh, its total gross in the U.S. was $54.8 million, And its cumulative worldwide gross was $121 million. Uh, so by the time you factor in advertising and stuff, it's probably lost about $80 million. Fucking yikes, bud. Uh, which is why all the sequels were direct to video. Yeah. Uh, but this is like a huge cult classic. Uh, a lot of the reason for that is because it's so fucking weird. Like, uh, every time Jake, Jake Busey starts playing his fucking fiddle, I just laugh uncontrollably. Like his character is amazing. Yeah. Like every time he just shows up on screen with that that massive lumber pile that he calls teeth hanging out of his face. <laughs> uh it brings me so much joy. He yeah, he he inherited his uh, his father's teeth and uh God bless him for that. Really his father's everything. Like he is he's the very spit of Gary. I mean, that's exactly why they had him in Stranger Things season 3. Yeah. Because Gary Busey was too off the rails in order to actually film. <laughs> or he was too busy doing Quigley 3. I'm Gary Busey. I'm often aggressive in situations that don't call for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, outside of like Gary, like Jake Busey and like the side characters, the main characters. I I don't remember seeing Denise Richards in anything. I've never seen the guy playing Johnny Rico in anything. Uh, so he was in like, there was a web series, uh, based on the mortal Kombat franchise. And he was Johnny cage. That makes perfect sense. That's what I know him from. Um, what else? He was in, uh, I don't know. He was in a Tarzan movie that came out Yikes. the year after this that like nobody remembered. He was in Sleepy Hollow. Um, more recently, he was in Alita Battle Angel, which I didn't see because I wasn't really interested in it. 
Yes, that is correct. Uh, that is my thing. The only person other than Neil Patrick Harris from the main cast that I recognize is Dizzy, uh, and that's because she is the one detective in Saws 2 and 3. Uh, in Saw 3, yeah. she is eventually, uh, for lack of a better term, crucified uh, when they pull her fucking lungs out of her body. Yeah. Uh, they also made a fucking... 2002 TV series called Birds of Prey, and she played Barbara Gordon. Yeah, I can see it. But yeah, um, I, I like this movie. I don't love this movie, uh, mainly because I find the satirical bits like during the actual story to be uh, over my head. So it's a it's a definite me problem. But otherwise, like I I think the story is enjoyable enough. And you're right, it is about loss of innocence and just loss in general. Of like this kid who goes to the military because he wants to be a citizen, and he was never really explained like what it meant. Yeah. The, similar to how it is today, where no one knows what it really means to just go over there and murder people. I also like. I really like the the society that they have. Like it obviously, like it kind of sucks, but like I don't know. They have the whole thing like, oh, to be a citizen, you have to, um. Uh, like serve your country which that's i mean that's where a lot of the like the the pro-military satire comes into play but like uh the a lot of the more subtle things like they have uh the scene where all the soldiers are in the shower and it's like co-ed showers and everybody's just naked together but it's like completely non-sexual it's like everybody's just comfortable with themselves and their bodies and it's like just not a thing yeah, you as a viewer are like, oh my god, look at all them titties. And then they're just like, yeah, yeah, we're showering, it's fine. Yeah, and like slapping each other's asses and just carrying on like a bunch of fucking like locker room hooligans, so. Yeah. What a what a society that would be, uh, you know, where, where it didn't matter what anyone's gender was, what they looked like, anything. It was just like everyone can just be whatever. Yeah. If only we had a common enemy such as fucking bug things that hurled asteroids at us. Uh, don't worry, 2020's not done yet. <laughs> that's, that's true. So, uh, what do you think ultimately on Starship Troopers? What would you rate this? Uh, uh, it's good. It's a three and a half. Like I said, uh, I would have to rewatch it in order to catch more, more stuff out of it. But, yeah. Uh, there are parts that are definitely like ultra macho, like, uh, the Michael Ironside character, especially being like, uh, you, if you run, I'll shoot you or or like, uh, you know, when, when that guy (laughs) gets fucking carried away by that horrifying looking moth thing, uh, and and he fucking euthanizes him. He's like, I'd expect any of you to do the same for me. Like that, that ultra macho bullshit you see in it. It's almost like. There's supposed to be something satirical in there, but it's also like that oh, kind of yeah, makes absolutely. sense for what what they are in in general. So like, I think it's a little too thick. I don't know. I I think my favorite satirical bit was uh, when he's like, "Oh, I, I'm going into the infantry," and the guy's like, "Congratulations, son! Mobile infantry made me the man I am today." And then it pans <laughs> down and shows his three missing limbs. Yeah. Um, but I uh. I don't know. I I kind of felt the same the first time I saw this, which like I didn't grow up with this movie. I uh I watched this for the first time maybe like 2 years ago. This was the second time I watched it. And uh like I was just going to throw it on last night and kind of leave it on uh as I fell asleep and sure. ended up just being engrossed in it and staying up till like 12:30 last night and being really tired for work this morning. Nah, it's fine. Uh so I'm gonna give this a big old four. I I think this go. is pretty good. Like it it grew on me. I I get like I got a lot more of the subtle jokes and stuff on my second go through. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna give this some space. Watch some other stuff, especially because uh, I have a recording with Paul in in two weeks for my top 100 movies of all time, and I only have ranked up to like 70 right now. Uh, which I need more than that. I have like 37 more f- movies to watch and, and rank before I can effectively do this list. So unfortunately, I will not be returning to this until uh, after at least that point. That's insane. Why, why is he doing this? <laughs> because he's trying to cancel the countdown. <laughs> Despite him saying, hey, I'm not, uh, we're not ending the show. He's ending the show. Don't listen to him. 
Don't believe Andor's He's lies. He's preparing to end the show. A- after that's done, he can he can end the show at any time. Uh, I guess that's true. All right, hey, so uh, what are we doing next week for the show, Caleb? Uh, next week, we're going to be watching Japan Sinks 2020 and watching a dick pic. Uh, so with that, uh, let's pull up some random words. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put these, this poll over on Twitter. So head to our Twitter, the, the tweet uh, underneath the announcement tweet that this episode is out, uh, which will be pinned to the top of our page, and vote on what you want our dick pic to be. Poll will run through, uh, we'll call it Thursday, Thursday at midnight. So that way we have an entire weekend to watch whatever thing we pick. All right. Uh, well, my word was beautiful in my first result for Netflix searching for the word beautiful was Ladybird. An intrepid high schooler in Sacramento undergoes the trials of love, family, and self-discovery as she dreams of escaping to college on the East Coast. Oh, this is though. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember watching Lady Bird uh, when it originally came out, and I liked it. I think it was 2017, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, yeah. I missed it because I lived in a terrible market for movies. Correct. Uh, so I'm excited to maybe uh, see it for the first time ever. Uh, well, don't hold your breath because uh, my word was yard, and that brought me to The Intent 2. Uh, in this prequel uh, to The Intent, a London gang visiting Jamaica targets a member who's been meeting with rivals, unaware an undercover cop is among them. Oh god, that sounds awful. So, I'm preparing myself to watch The Intent 2. Okay. Um... Fucking yikes. <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's the show. Um, Dan, tell him stuff. Uh, sure. You can find us at NetflixAndSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop to find all things Netflix and Swill, such as uh, our social media, our Patreon page, where you can contribute to us at any level. You get access to all of our audio content there. And if you want to become a $5 patron, you can do uh, like Ashley did this episode and uh, give us $5 a month to make us watch one thing every quarter that is potentially terrible. Or you could be a nice person and make us watch good stuff. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah. And uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.